The Bears have the rare opportunity to exact revenge very quickly against Iowa State in Thursday's opener to the Big 12 Conference Tournament, but but Baylor doesn't usually like to participate in this tournament all too much. That said, craziness all around the conference might open the door just a little bit more towards Baylor's first ever men's basketball Big 12 Conference Tournament Championship. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Baylor. We're previewing the men's basketball Big 12 conference tournament for you. I'm Cam Stewart. Drake is on some beach somewhere, so he's handed the keys over to me. So glad that you are making this your first listen today and every day here on Locked On Baylor. I am joined by the one and the only typically anonymous, now about to absolutely burst into your living room, onto your Twitter timeline, and into your heart. Mr. Matt Linnell, that's at MattyIceBU on Twitter, one of the best Baylor basketball minds in the business, making his podcast debut in the postseason. Matt, how you doing? Doing great, man. I don't know if I deserve that that much of an intro there, but uh, this is awesome. I'm super glad to be here. Dude, we are so glad. talking Baylor hoops. We are glad to have you. We really are. I want to do a quick intro for you. I mean, we don't these these Baylor Twitter people. They're absolutely nuts. You don't need to give too much away. <laughs> Baylor alum, I'm assuming. Basketball fan. What? What? Tell me a little bit more about your Baylor experience, at least. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually from the Pacific Northwest originally. I'm from a little town called Spokane, Washington, which you may be a little bit familiar with given the history of Baylor basketball. Uh grew up an enormous uh Gonzaga fan. That oh, was like that was great. that is uh that that is life in Spokane, Washington is 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 Gonzaga basketball. Yeah. So uh yeah, I, I came down to Baylor uh 2011 and graduated 2015. I had just about the the best stretch of college Pretty athletes good, you could ever ask for. Uh had yeah. the RG3 Heisman freshman year, a couple Big 12 championships, new football stadium, and then you know, things went off the rails a little bit after I left. <laughs> <Yeah>. But anyway, <laughs> well, we'll leave that to another day to, to to talk about. But um That's what happened. You left and it all just yeah. went out. I went out the door. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I as much as I loved Baylor football, and that was a huge part of my Baylor experience, my first love, my my true love is basketball, and I love Baylor basketball. It's my favorite team to follow. been following for a long time now, and yeah, just love, like just super excited to talk about them with you. Yeah, and now they've kind of taken that next step. I'm going to ask you this question real quick because I find it kind of amazing. I was 2015 to 19, so we – didn't overlap, but we're like a continuous eight run here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> Baylor basketball was pretty much largely the same in that whole eight years. And then all of a sudden they just turned this corner. Uh, yeah. Does this, does that surprise you what they've been able to do the last like three years as, as someone like me who was in the F shack and watching these teams that were good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it felt like, you know, it had been good. So the same for so long that it almost plateaued and I, we were kind of happy with that to be honest but to see them take that next step has that surprised you <laughs> well i don't know if everybody's always been super happy with it i i yeah, remember I some, some days when i was in school where there were a lot of people calling for to, for us to move on from scott drew and you know i mean there there was there were certain points that were made i mean we had like you said plateaued a little bit and maybe it felt like we had reached the the peak of what a little program like ours could do but 
That's what I absolutely love about college basketball, though, is it's five dudes yeah. pretty much. I mean, maybe you got a couple of rotations. It's a lot different players. from football in that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not like that crazy barrier that you have in college football. Like any team can put together a hell of a team and and compete. And I think when you consistently are as good as the teams that Scott Drew is putting together, you have even more hope. So I always had that in the back of my mind that we could get there eventually. But obviously, I mean. <laughs> that Natty team was crazy. That, crazy. that team was great. Yeah. I mean, the, the belief that you had going into every single game that we were going to win, like it was, it was just, we're going to win every single time. And if it gets even close, it's shocking. And for a team to dominate start to finish minus that little, you know, COVID issue that we had there at the end. But you know, other than that, they just absolutely railed everybody. And that was amazing. <laughs> it is crazy. Like uh, we, I, I am such I say realistic. Other people would say pessimistic fan in all my teams. I've never been more confident in a team than that one. Just knowing they were going to win and win pretty comfortably. And it has been very nice to go from like the Kansas State, Purdue type program to Villanova, UConn type program. I know we're not counting all those rings yet, but (laughs) the quality. Anyway, anyway, back to this year. Big Gonzaga fan, kid named after Cameron Indoor Stadium. We're talking about Baylor, naturally. So, Big 12 tournament after that massacre on Saturday. Man, I just – because this divides the fan base a little bit. Not that it's hectic or anything, but what what are your thoughts on the Big 12 tournament? What what does it mean for this year's Baylor team? Does it do anything for them? Well – after that last game against Iowa State, I I feel like we do have a lot to to show in the in the tournament. I think it would really help us to win a couple of games, not just from a you know a practical seeding standpoint. I think we do need to at least win one or two to maintain a two seed. And if we win the whole thing, I think a one seed is potentially you know a it's possibility right for this table, team. Yeah. But um, I I think more of a mentality thing going into this tournament. I. We're, I don't know if we're in a great place uh, and uh, I, I, I can't say, I don't know the program, but at least I'll, I'll tell you from my experience <laughs> as a fan, I'm not in a good place. Cause I, I think that Iowa state brings out a lot of the worst parts of this team. And it's not, I don't, not to disrespect Iowa state, but I don't think they're a very good team. I think they're a, a solid team but they are a horrible matchup for us. And they brought up things that have been issues for us going back to last season and have been issues all year this year. And I at first was really not looking forward to playing them again. But if you think about it, that now means that we've had 10 straight days of preparing for Iowa state basketball, going back to the last game of the season, going to this game, going to the tournament, that's really good for us because they are a terrible matchup for us. And yeah. they bring out, like I said, so many bad things for us. So I think it's a really good opportunity for us to prove something to ourselves and to the tournament selection community. And, and looking at those two losses to Iowa State this year by a combined 30 points, 15 each time. Yeah. They played great the first 12 minutes of that first matchup. And everything after that has mm-hmm. been just awful. And you mentioned it there. They take out the worst in Baylor. We all saw it on Saturday. But with you, who knows a little bit more about basketball than most of us, what what were those things coming to light? What what were the things that really exposed Baylor? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is we're a, we have small, diminutive 
occasionally passive guard play. And, oh, this is good because this is getting to the tweet part. <laughs> exactly. You put out the tweet I, I, the I other do, day. I do tweet stuff like this. <laughs> I, can we pull up the tweet word for word? Because I, I think a lot of Baylor fans hearing it would be triggered, but I, this is the platform for you to explain it, and I think you have a good point here. And it, and it was – I'm going to do it word for word. I don't want to misquote you here. I've really enjoyed watching Flagler and Cryer over the last few years, some of the most gifted scorers to ever wear the Baylor jersey. But it's time for a literal change of the guard, like what you did there. Uh, you cannot win in college basketball with passive, diminutive guard play. And Iowa State, Marquette, Virginia is going to punk you. The floor is yours, at yeah. Matty IceBU on Twitter, <laughs> by the way. Uh, just tell us what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I like I prefaced the tweet, I'll preface it here. I love those dudes. I, I have loved watching their games. I think they're extremely special players, but the issue with this team is not that they're bad players, but we are very one dimensional in our guard play. We have some finesse guys. We have three finesse guys that can score an ISO catch and shoot, but they don't put their shoulder down, get into the paint, get physical, get those tough buckets that you need to kind of quell those big runs or I guess lack of runs that we go through where we're going six, seven, eight, nine minutes without a bucket because, mm-hmm. and this is getting back to your original question, a team like Iowa state, what they do to us is they put this high line press on us in the half court and they push our smaller guards off of the three point line. And we don't have enough firepower at the forward position to really make teams pay for that. And that's where I, the other thing I've been hyping, harping on all season long is I love, love. I love Langston love. I love the different dimension that he brings to this team because he is, he is that guy that give me the ball. I'm going to put my shoulder down, get that tough bucket in the lane. And that changes everything for a team like this, because all of a sudden that defense, they start sucking in. They're not doing that high line press on the guards. They start kind of moving a little bit, second guessing those really aggressive traps, things like that. Mm. It's basketball is all about getting the the defense to move around, second guess, not be as aggressive. And when we only throw that single dimension at them of guard play, that finesse play that that Cryer, George, and Flagler all play, teams can just commit to one style of defense on us. Yeah. And that's that's what Iowa State does. They are not that good of a team, but they do that extremely well against us. And then on the other side of the ball, they, they just move the ball fantastically well. And that, yeah. that, that just kills a team like us. That's not excellent defensively. They, they really don't have a lot of ISO players. They just move that thing like hot potato and our guys get tired and it wears us out eventually. And, you know, and basketball is also just so interrelated too. like when you're not scoring buckets on the other end, you don't have the chance to come down and set your defense, play half court, and, and really commit on that end. So we're not making buckets or getting out on the break. They're moving the ball super well on us. It's just, it's absolute hell when we, we play them. They're just yeah. a nightmare for us. So yeah, that, that, that's my take on how things have gone at least. <laughs> and now you guys know why I brought him on here because I've been saying something similar without the, the best uh, way to back it up all year. I mean, they're just a little too one-dimensional. And when the shots are falling, it looks great. Yeah. And I get that, that, isolation ball is a little bit more of the game of basketball today. But when you face a team like this, I would think it would be effective to do what Iowa state does on offense and just pop that ball around moving the whole time, a little bit of emotion. And 
Baylor's just not going to do that. That's yeah. not part of their game. So real quick, before we go to our first break here, I just want to say what, what, what adjustment would you make? You're you've got coach Drew's clipboard. You've been preparing for one team for 10 days. Uh, what, what adjustment do you make going into today's game? Well, I mean, that, that's what's tough is not having Langston around. I, yeah. I saw a tweet today that it looks like he's not going to play at all in the conference tournament. We're hoping to get him back for the NCAA tournament. So that would be my first go-to is play Langston because he's a dog. But I think you got another guy that's kind of like that too, Dale Bonner. I, I think he he is not as talented as those other guys, but he absolutely brings it and he gets really aggressively to the hole. He's not as you know, physically, he doesn't have the frame that Langston has, that ability to get inside in the paint, but he gets to the rack a lot more than those other three guys. And we just we just need that internal, we need the penetration, we need the drive and kick, we need those different dimensions. So I would be pushing the Dale Bonner button. He's been playing fantastic lately. So I think I would be really pushing to, to, to get him into the game and to get some more rotation where it's not just those three guys playing together all the time. Because it's... It, it, there's just no, there's no dimensions. There's no variability that you're throwing at. We got to rotate those three guards in and maybe only play two at a time would be probably the, the approach I would take. Well, y'all, the weather is getting warmer and the basketball always gets better when the weather gets warmer. But the other thing is it means we're closer to summer, which means we're closer to me having to take my shirt off. And that's not fantastic. But what I am doing to combat that is doing a lot, eating a lot of built bar i know you've heard drake talk about it and i can absolutely attest to it i am screaming yes every time he's talking about built bar because i love it they've got great flavors and it's great for you which is tough to find you know i think of that that great stuff that's great for you the vegetables the fruit they all suck they taste bad but built bar tastes really good so it's easy to eat you catch what i'm doing here yes built bar now available at sam's club and walmart so no excuse y'all no excuse when we go to beach bod season. Built Bar, get on that today. All right, back here with the one and only Matt Linnell. And we're talking a little bit conference tournament because that's that's what we got on, on tap, right? That That's the most pressing thing. But I'm worried, Matt, that by the time that people start listening to this, Baylor's already going to be out of this tournament because mm-hmm. they usually boycott it. It's not really their thing to each their own, right? So now we're looking at the big dance, okay? And we have heard all season long from national pundits, especially that this team is built for March. And we as fans have been seeing this absolute roller coaster ride and these problems that were plaguing them early in the season that you thought, all right, a coach got drew team will will get rid of these, put them in the rearview mirror, we won't see them again. And then they come back at the wrong times of the season. So I ask you this, what kind of Baylor do we need to see to see a run in March? What What is going to make them uh, winners in the first weekend, at least? Yeah, I, it's like you said, it's there's been a lot of issues that I thought would get resolved over the, the course of the year. And I think part of it is just the roles that different guys are wanting to play on this team and how they're all fitting together is just not gelled as much as we wanted to. I mean, I think a big thing is Adam Flagler getting uh, feedback from NBA uh, GMs that and scouts that they want to see him play more of a point role. That That's not Adam Flagler's natural position, right. and it's throwing everything else off with this team. And that I, I think a guy like 
Keontae George really should be your primary ball handler. And I think he should have been all year and developed into that role where he's getting past the turnover issues and maybe some more of the erratic play that he struggled with at times. Um, but instead we've kind of just more leaned on Flagler and it's, he's not a natural point and it's not the best way to, to run this team in, in my opinion. So I guess to answer your question, what do we need to see out of this team in March? I think you need to see Keontae really take the ball and he has just that nuclear scoring ability, but I think some of his best games have come when he hasn't done a lot of scoring, when he's just taking care of the ball, moved it around, really run that true point. I think that's the best version of this team is when Keontae is the actual point guard of this team. Cause he's, he's phenomenal. So you are not on the short lived train ride of maybe this team is better without Keontae George in the lineup. Oh no, 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 no. I, I'd never believe there were, that. <laughs> there were some rumblings. There were some rumblings. No. You have beat the charges. I, yeah. I enjoy that. I mean, <laughs> it was nice to see obviously Dale Bonner get a bigger role. Uh, but yeah, that was I think we're going to need him too. Just yeah, no, we Lang- for sure. Langston's injury. So um, yeah, I think he's trying to fill in that role that Langston plays. But yeah, no, I mean Keontae. I think this team will, uh, for better or worse, go as far as he takes us because um, I just I don't think that ISO Adam Flagler ball is going to win us a national championship. As phenomenal as he is, he just you can't put it all on one guy like that. And when the team just kind of stands around and watches Adam do his thing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you have to put together a lot of wins to win a national championship. So you need a guy like Keontae with the ball in his hands running the show. And I think they'll take a lot of pressure off the rest of the guys too. And do you think that's been kind of the biggest difference versus the last three seasons, obviously two with Davion Mitchell, one with James Akinjo, very experienced point guard. Do you think that's the biggest difference between this Baylor team? Cause the offense as great as it's been at some points has really looked lethargic at other times, mm-hmm. like as bad as we've seen it in those three or four year stretch. So is that the, is that the only difference that, that is kind of separating these teams, this team from the last couple? Um, You know, I don't want to like oversimplify things, but I do feel like that, that really was a big break for me is when Akinjo went down with a tailbone injury. I, I don't really think Baylor totally basketball has yeah. looked the same since then spanning over, you know, a season and a half or so. Um, we just haven't had a true point guard, a true healthy point guard. Um, and that, and the team has really suffered because of that. And I think that's something that I've kind of realized in watching basketball. I think you kind of, you watch the NBA and you see this position positionless basketball. No, a lot of teams don't even run a true point. And you kind of forget that there's a big difference between the NBA and college basketball and college basketball still very much is a sport where you need a true point guard to run the show. The defensive intensities is too much better. It's, too, it's a smaller too much court. Different. Yeah. Teams are pressing you yeah. creating turnovers. Like there's so much more spacing in the NBA that you don't need a guy that can really wiggle around the defense and handle guys hacking at him, all that. In college basketball, you need that. We just haven't had that for a year and a half now. So that's, that's you know, going back to my previous answer. I think that's got to be Keontae. He's the guy that can do that. And I would say the other thing is we have talked, uh, we've dr- name dropped a lot of guys here in this show so far, all of which have been in the backcourt. What does Baylor need from their front court in order to, to make a run, to be playing in April? I mean, our, our best games have been when Flo Bamba is absolutely crashing the boards and creating multiple chances for us on offense. And, you know, obviously bringing that intensive 
uh, you know, that attention on, on the defensive end as well. Um, I, I felt like in his short campaign so far this year, I, I did feel like that last game was probably Jonathan Chamachachua's worst game that he's had so far. I think he really struggled on defensive rotations. I think he struggled on the boards a bit, which part of that is just, I, I don't know how much bounce he has uh, coming back now, but I, I do feel like we need more from the, from the bigs in that, in that way. I think that, you know, we're not a team that dumps it down to the post. We don't really need a lot of buckets from them in that way, but we need guys hitting the boards hard. It can't just be Jalen Bridges. And like, God, I love that kid. <laughs> Every Boy, single man. game, I just, all, all I say is thank God we have that kid because, and, and thank God he's not what he was the first, you know, a few games it's of true. the conference yeah. player or whatever. But he, I mean, he is just everything to this team. He flies around on defense. He crashes the boards hard. He hits those, you know, tough corner threes that it gives us the spacing. And, you know, he, he needs help though. Like we need guys crashing the boards and playing really solid defense inside. Like that, that's how we won a national championship. It wasn't just the, the guards balling out. We were bullies inside. So I think we do need to get back to that identity and, Thankfully, those guys were on that team, and they've done it True. before. So, yeah, experience definitely helps. Uh, are you confident enough to put any money down on this team? <laughs> you know, I usually don't put money down on teams that have my heart because uh, it's tough to do, man. It just kills me. But uh, uh, you know, except when we uh, that that national championship team, I put plenty of money down on them because I was just I was just stealing candy from a baby, you know. So I could just take all the money from all my <laughs> friends from back home that all thought the Zags were going to win. I was like, eh. They haven't played anybody like us, though. They have not played anybody like <laughs> us. So, well, yeah. I, I'm going to lose some money over the next month, <laughs> but I won't lose as much as I was going to because I'm going to be using FanDuel.com. That is the best place to put down your wagers. They really help you. They're trying to make it idiot-proof as much as they can in terms of sports gambling. So that's why I use it because I'm typically losing a lot more money than I will uh, using FanDuel. Y'all know that it's the official sponsor of Locked On Podcast. If you use FanDuel.com, that's where you're going anyway, FanDuel.com slash Locked On, you're going to get a $1,000 bonus bet. There is no better time of the year for sports and for sports gambling. What we're about to head into, okay, regular season's wrapping up in the NHL. It's wrapping up in the NBA. We're headed towards those playoffs, which are going to go on for a couple of months. We've got the Masters, and we have got March Madness, the greatest tournament in all of sports coming up, and you need FanDuel to really be in on the experience. FanDuel.com slash locked on, $1,000 bonus bet. Get on that, y'all. March Madness coming up. And the madness really started mass this week. There is a weird scenario where the Big 12 could have – three head coach openings in the state of Texas and just as easily could have none because none of them have been fired yet. But obviously that, that that's Texas tech Mark Adams suspended um, Rodney Terry. Don't know if UT is going to stick with him or not as he was pretty much just the interim. Who knows? They've had a heck of a season under him. And the other one recently yesterday Jamie Dixon, is he on a hot seat now? Because maybe their best player, one of the best big men, well, not Mike, not better than Mike Miles, but <laughs> one of the best big men, if not the best big man in yeah. the conference, Eddie Lampkin, is out leaving TCU and citing Coach Dixon as the reason why. In some, in some uh, screenshots of his text messages with him on Instagram, he's basically saying, you mistreat your players, you were using racial remarks, uh, I don't want to play for you. 
What was your reaction to seeing this yesterday, Matt? Because this couldn't have come at a worse time for TCU. Yeah. This was a team that could have messed around and won this tournament, this conference tournament. Oh, they're, they're a good basketball team. They and are. all of a sudden, the big guy in the middle is like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I, you know, that was I, I saw those screenshots that he posted to his Instagram and uh, it's just it's really sad stuff. I mean, it's it's the same type of stuff that Mark Adams. It, it seems like it's the same t- line of uh, commentary yeah. that both of them are bringing in this idea that they own these players. And it's just thank God we have the transfer portal. I, I think overall it's been a, a negative to the product of, mm-hmm. of college sports. But the product isn't all that matters at the end of the day. These are these are real people. These are their livelihoods. This is their future. And the idea that they would be, you know, perhaps the incentives were set to kind of make kids feel trapped in programs. You know, thank God they, they don't they don't have that anymore and, and can move on from a toxic uh, relationship like that. You know, and, and it, we don't know exactly what has happened there, but right. it did seem from the way he was in that screenshot, how he's interacting with what I assume is an assistant coach, uh, kind of almost confirming that this language of we own you and all that. I mean, just absolutely messed up. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> is he on the hot seat? I mean, absolutely. He, he's Yeah. Gone. This is one if of those things is who like knows, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we don't know with As Mark Adams be. either. I mean, it seems like this could be an, an easy way for tech to maybe get out from underneath that. I don't, I don't know how much they really wanted yeah. to stick with Mark Adams much longer. Um, this could be an, a nice way out in quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I, hopefully that product thing is kind of, uh, coming up, coming up behind it because you said it, I mean, both with NIL and, and players making money and being able to get out of these situations, I think everyone can agree that that is good. That is good for the player and good for everyone involved. Yeah. But we just, maybe it's just us as fans need to get more used to it, but this is crazy for for TCU this was a team that was poised to make a run i mean on paper it's probably their best team ever um and all of a sudden the rug gets taken out from underneath you and we have seen this TCU team play without Eddie Lampkin we've seen yeah, them play exactly. without they're still Mike Miles. Be competitive they're dogs man yeah. they are absolute dogs especially on the defensive end like that's what we saw from tech last year and a couple of years before and West Virginia back in the press Virginia days. That's how good defensively this team is. So I ask you, can they still make a run in this tournament and the big one? hundred percent. I, I honestly, I, I was shocked that Mike miles came back uh, that he didn't get more feedback, positive feedback from the draft. I think he's, uh, he's an NBA guy and <laughs> you could just, he's just different. He moves different. He scores different. And when you have a guy like that, you can do anything <laughs> in college basketball, yeah. whether they can put it all together and win a championship. I mean, it's hard to say, especially with this turmoil in the program and you might not even have a coach going forward, but when you have a guy like Mike miles, you can do anything. That's the state of the union on TCU. As we see it as Baylor fans, Baylor, Iowa State, Thursday, Big 12 Conference Championship. Matt, give me your prediction on on this this tournament for Baylor. Where where do you see them going? I, you know, I'm I'm going to put my cynic aside do and it. I'm I'm going to have some, I'm going to have some hope here. I think because we get we get Kansas Someone's got to. We get Kansas next round, right? If we win. I, I Pretty much, yes, yeah. Bracket yep. plays out. And I think those are two teams that we have seen 
like like we addressed with Iowa State, we've seen the worst of us. And with Kansas, we've seen both the best and the worst of us in, in within games even uh, against them. So I, I think we write a lot of wrongs against them. And I think Scott Drew really shows his quality as a coach here. And we put together a hell, hell of a run in the, in the in the conference tournament. I think we could win the whole thing. Um, that that's the optimist side. The pessimist side says we're the same. <laughs> oh team no! That don't we do it! All, don't do yeah, it! We, we're the same team that we've been all along, and we don't even make it out of the first week or first game. So, I, I think like it's one way that. or the other. I don't really see us having an average run here. I think it's you either fix the issues and you go on a run, or you know we're just gonna have to maybe figure it out in that gap in between, which we've done before too between the uh, conference tournament and the, and the big dance. So, yeah, I don't know. Hey. There's a lot of questions that are going to be answered in this Iowa state game. And like I said, at the beginning, like we've had 10 days now, 10 days to prepare for a not elite team. They're a good team, not elite. So it will, will prove a lot about what this team is capable of in this game. I think. Matt Linnell is saying they are going to win the conference tournament for the first time <laughs> ever. In. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey, last two national champions have come from this conference. Neither one of them won the conference tournament. All right, that's it. Locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. He's Matt Linnell. That's Maddie Ice BU on Twitter. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Genuinely one of the best Baylor follows on Twitter, especially when it comes to the sport of basketball. That's him. I'm Cam Stewart, a much less entertaining follow. This has been Locked on.